episode 25 of Automatic, Richmond Weaver, along with Steffi Sorensen, as always, who I think she's just fresh off of a nice outdoor run in Jacksonville. She's got a lot of stuff going on this weekend, but we were able to find time to hunker down and talk a little college basketball. And first and foremost, Steffi, I know you've got a crazy weekend with your cousin's wedding, all of that, but... We also have some craziness in college basketball. We say it every week, it seems. We don't know what the hell we're talking about because nobody wants to stay at the top of the standings in men's basketball. But then the one team that was does want to stay at the top of the standings in women's basketball, we've got some controversy. We've got Dawn Staley <laughs> calling Gino out. Gino might have been throwing some shade her way, and Dawn Staley was not happy. So if you think about it, this goes back for years. Uh, sorry, coughing attack. <laughs> Go ahead and get it out. I feel like every time, I feel like every time we uh, we set up and we film this podcast, you always set it up as like I've got so much going on, and it's true. It is, like though. my cousin, my cousin throwing a wedding in the middle of Super Bowl Sunday and the biggest game of the season on Sunday. Uh, not going to panic. All good. But uh, Gino always got into tiffs with Pat Summit. Pat Summit obviously retires Muffet McGraw next, right? I mean, Muffet didn't like each other. You know, Muffet would get the, get the better of him. Gina would get the better of her. Now we got Don Staley. Don Staley's got titles. She's got the number one team. So it's to me like right on cue, right on cue. I had a little bit of an issue with his comments after the Tennessee halftime. I thought he could have handled that differently. And then after, uh, I don't, I think it was in the fourth quarter where he threw the water bottle down in the UConn game. And then his post-game comments just talking about Lou Lopez, Sinishaw, and the bruises she's got. And this isn't even basketball anymore. And I couldn't tell if he was referencing the way that it's being played overall or the way that South Carolina plays. What? How did you take that? Agreed. I question the same thing. Is he talking about just the overall status and landscape of women's college basketball right now, or is it more just granular, this one specific game and this one specific team, South Carolina? And again, as you talked about, it seems very interesting how he's using just recently talking about this, because I think South Carolina has played this way since Dawn Staley has gotten there, that they're physical. She wants to get physical with teams. And knowing that UConn had their number, they won, what, the first seven meetings that Dawn Staley and Gino matched up against each other. Now Dawn has won four out of the last five, obviously including national championship game. So is there a little bit of Gino? He's getting a little frustrated. He doesn't like somebody coming and, you know, trying to take UConn off of that top perch, so to speak. And obviously South Carolina seems to be on a historic run right now and being able to potentially finish this season undefeated, which I think they will. Obviously, we have seen another team go undefeated in women's college basketball, but this seems to be where you've got these rivals building with each other. And from my perspective, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out and if they truly don't like each other. I don't think there's a whole lot of love loss there between the two. But I like it. 
I like I that there's something, <laughs> you know, that you have yeah. these rivals going at it and you have some trash talking and maybe out of context and maybe not appropriate for Gino to say that. But I'm also kudos to Dawn Staley for not backing down. And she could have easily given coach speak, but she came out and said she's sick and tired of it. And, you know, how they have been labeled a certain way for so many years. And she said nothing about it. And even including saying nothing during that time where she was winless against UConn. Yeah. She just kept trying to build a program and look where they are now. I think Gino should come out and clarify. Uh, it, it says it does not look good on his part. He can be frustrated in the lack of, uh, you know, the dominance that they've had this year because they've got 60 points essentially sitting on the bench. Cage Beckers and AZ. Yeah. yeah how I mean, you, you know he's got to be frustrated. frustrated. Yeah, yes. I get it. I get it. But it, it seemed personal. Yes. And, you know, I don't, UConn to me has always been a finesse team. I played them in 09, Maya Moore, Renee Montgomery, Tina Charles, all of them. Strong players, some of the best to ever play. You touch them, they want to they want to call. That's just how it's been. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm guarding my, Renee Montgomery and I barely tap her and she's calling for a foul. And I was like, wow, okay. That's not that's that's not that's not to disrespect Connecticut. Obviously, though, you know, what Gino's done in the program, that's nothing against him. I just was expecting them to hit me and not not the other way around, and they yes. were foul. So the way that South Carolina plays, I think that they're just they're physical inside, and they've got you know a player like Bree Beal and Rich. You know Bree Beal. She's a physical yes. guard. She's going to guard you. Yes. I don't know how that gets away from basketball unless they want to play free, they want to run, and they don't want to be touched. But can we talk about how Aaliyah Boston gets beat up every game? Where does all the coaches that play Don Staley, Tar Vander, how, did they come out and say this doesn't resemble basketball? I think he needs to clarify, and, and I and I will talk about this tomorrow in the studio because for Don Staley to come out and say what she said, that's why those players ride for her. One thousand percent. That yes. that will rile them up. They take care of business on Thursday. Get them ready for Sunday for Kim Mulkey and her team to come into Columbia. Yes, and I'm hoping South Carolina doesn't look ahead. Don't be sleeping in any time you're playing in the conference because I know they're focused on that game on Sunday uh, against LSU, but they do. you got to be careful, right? Uh, you do. Here's, you. here's the beauty with that team. She'll just sit the five down. Next five. <laughs> well, that is true. She can. She does have two starting fives, basically, that she can yes. uh, throw in there and substitute like an NHL hockey line change, basically, you know, just move a whole different group in there. And that's what a great luxury she has. And that's why, again, I do believe they'll go undefeated and win the national championship. But I'm obviously very excited to see this game on Sunday as the yeah. precursor to the big game, the Super Bowl <laughs> from that side of things. The pregame. The pregame. It is the pregame. Yes, the appetizer. is, And although uh, Don Staley would probably say, no, it's not the appetizer. <laughs> it's the main entree. It's Super Bowl <laughs> is the dessert, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the way she would probably view it. But you're right. That's why she's continuing to build a program. And it just was announced. Uh, the athletic director, Ray Tanner, talked about how success will lead to 
the increase in changes and support for the program, and obviously you're seeing that on the women's college basket or women's basketball side there at South Carolina, but now you're starting to see a little bit there on the football side with head coach Shane Beamer, and they just announced a big initiative, private funded, uh, athletic complex, uh, and uh, new development, and potentially it looks like it's going to be a brand new basketball arena. Uh, in addition to uh, renovations to Williams Bryce uh, football stadium there. But his point was, it doesn't really happen unless even Dawn Staley's winning national championships, you know, and that's a, she's created such success down there and raising the bar, but it's allowed now you have the opportunity to only increase uh, the attraction for South Carolina. And obviously, yes, the facilities are going to help, but Steffi, as you know, Facilities will play a role, but those players, you want to play for a coach that is going to be that coach and is going to be standing there behind that's got your back, so to speak, each and every time. And Dawn does that. Yeah, I mean, let's let's dive in a little bit to Sunday's game. It's obviously um, the marquee matchup in women's college basketball. It's undefeated versus undefeated. Kim Mulkey, she's got titles. Dawn Staley, she's got titles. Angel Reese averaging 24 and 15. Aaliyah Boston, Aaliyah Boston, reigning national player of the year. Talk about swag, attitude. Uh, God, what other w- words am I missing here? Uh, bravado. Yes. Uh, expecting to win. I think they're two very different teams, in my opinion, because LSU is, is kind of like, Blew everybody away the first year. Kim Mulkey comes in. No one thought they'd get to the tournament. No one thought they'd be good. This year, total total roster change. One player is basically back. That's Alexis Morris. And they're undefeated. And so now I think they've had some close games because they're like, oh, shit, we're really good. Like, they're getting used to being in the national spotlight, right? And Kim's got to remind them. Kim's got to remind them, hey, we cannot afford to just show up, right? And versus South Carolina – I don't, I'm sure you watched the Connecticut game. I don't think they ever thought, after, even after that first quarter where they were getting spanked, uh, they were going to lose. No. But to me, they just, think. their demeanor never really changes because Aaliyah Boston is so steady. Like she never really gets up or down. And I think if you compare her to Angel Reese, you know, Angel is, <laughs> she's the she's, most, one of the most exciting. She's in the Caitlin Clark <laughs> conversation. And yes. just terms of like, I don't know what I'm going to see. I got to watch her. It's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and so is Kim. So is yes. Kim. That's why there's, you know, and I think that the game is so different because it's not in Baton Rouge. That they rely on those fans, I think, so much. You know, Kim uh, yelling for everybody to get up. Angel does this say Alexis Moore. She does all these kind of celebration. You know, they all do. But I'm like, you're in South Carolina. You know, know, that is going to be so different than being at home. And that's why I'm like, man. Uh, what's that going to look like if they get frustrated? How are they going to respond? You know, that's something that I watch because a team that gets really high can get really low. And when you're on the road against South Carolina, what what does that look like? You can get really low really fast yeah. if you start getting punched in the mouth, so to speak, and get behind there. That could That could be difficult. And that's where, you know, I'm curious just to see with LSU, obviously you've got Angel Reese, as you talked about, I just don't know if they have the supporting cast 
from the depth perspective to hang with South Carolina for four quarters. And I think that's what we've talked about. That's what makes South Carolina so tough is that they can bring five brand new players out there and they would be starting and potentially could be a top five team in the country just with the players coming off the bench. And that's what makes them so difficult. And that's why I I think South Carolina is going to be able to just through attrition yeah, maybe yeah. it's close for a little bit just because of the emotions and all of that. But I think South Carolina will pull away. And you talk about contrast and style of play. What about contrast with the coaches and their wardrobe? I mean, you've got <laughs> Kim Mulkey that's going to come out there, you yeah. know, with something so flamboyant. And then you've got Dawn Staley with a hoodie on, you yeah. know, coaching. It's that's probably like, a Gucci hoodie, by the way. Well, that's probably true. I get a yes. mortgage. That's that's um, fair. That's a very fair point. But she, their styles are completely different. Yeah, I mean, Don will have some sort of Eagles jersey on, unless oh, she course. goes. Unless she goes, because it's Super Bowl Sunday. She is Eagles diehard. Um, yes. You know, Mulkey's hair does not move. Lang and I have been trying to figure <laughs> out what hairspray she uses. We're going to find out at the SEC tournament um, because the hair, no matter what, it does not move, and I have to respect that. Um, but it. it it's just, it's going to be a huge game. And I was just kind of, before I head into studio tomorrow, Rich, because I want to talk about the men's, uh, on the men's side, what, you, what you've what you taken away from over the week. But in terms of the power fives on the women's side, I took the average net. And the Pac-12 is at 41. That's actually the best, the Pac-12. So Stanford, they've got five teams in the top 25. The ACC, I know you're very familiar with ACC. They've got six teams in the top 25, and they're, Average net is 45. All the teams top to bottom. Big 12 is around 53. They've got three teams. The SEC is fourth out of the big 12, fourth out of the power fives, 52. And we've got two teams in the top 25. Obviously, they're playing on Sunday. And then the Big 10, everyone says is the best conference this year. They're 57th, the average net of the power five of of that conference. Five teams in the top 15. Top 15. Very, very, yes. Very, wow. very top heavy, but big yes. hitters. Big yes, hitters. of course. So I wanted to kind of transition to that um, on the women's side to who do you think right now is the best conference on the men's side? Yeah, I think it's hands down the Big 12. I think when you look at just the top to bottom and even Joe Lenardi, the bracketology on ESPN, he's talking about there could be eight teams uh, from the Big 12 that get in. And I think that's what you're seeing in terms of these teams beating each other because there's some parity there. No one is truly able to separate themselves there in in the Big 12. And you think it's Kansas, then you think it's Kansas State. And then what about Iowa State gets you know a, a big win? And then don't forget about Baylor. I mean, with Scott Drew, what he's doing. And now, and I think Baylor getting uh, Jonathan Chamwa Chachawa back, that is a huge lift for Baylor. And he showed that uh, this past weekend. It didn't play a whole lot of minutes, but this was, you know, the top dude for Baylor blows his knee out last February, has two surgeries, and is now able to come back. So that, that's a big plus for uh, Baylor. So I have to go with the Big 12 top to bottom. They're just so deep and Maybe they don't have, you know, everybody in the top twenty-five, but they've got several teams in the top twenty-five, including in the in the top fifteen, and so it's hard to argue that it's the Big Twelve and ACC. My goodness, you talking about down just in terms of 
what you see, I know you can say, well, maybe it's parody. Yeah, it's parody, but they're also, they're just not as good as everybody else in the Power Five or Power Six conferences, which you include the Big East. Obviously, you see Duke and North Carolina and out of the top 25. And the game, you know, was such a big part of college basketball, that Duke-North Carolina rivalry. And this past Saturday, I mean, it's a lackluster type Mm. of game, right? It was just, eh, you know, and I know Hubert Davis is all upset that North Carolina only goes to the free throw line three times in the game. Well, Duke only went to the free throw line 15 times. Yeah, so, I mean, there's still disparity there, but it was just an ugly game. But I get what Hubert's saying, knowing that they're one of the top teams in terms of getting to the free throw line in the nation. They lead the ACC in number of uh, free throw attempts. And they also, they have, North Carolina has made more free throws than their opponents have attempted. So, yeah, when you when you're able to do that, you're obviously getting to the free throw line. And so I can see why Hubert was a little upset there. Maybe some home cooking in Cameron Indoor Stadium, knowing that they didn't shoot a free throw in the entire second half. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, it's so interesting to watch the ACC on the men's side. And I don't know if it's because of player turnover or it's just it just hasn't felt the same this year. How about Clemson was picked? Your Clemson Tigers picked 11th in the ACC. Pitt was picked 14th. Pitt, Clemson, and Virginia all tied for first at uh, as of February 8th. Who would have who would have picked that? Nobody was picking that. Not even close. And Clemson has lost two straight now, and had a tough loss against Miami, which I felt they played well against Miami. Just Miami was able to make better shots or make shots. Uh, better than Clemson was able to in that game. And knowing that Miami is so guard-oriented, it was disappointing to see Clemson get out-rebounded the way they did, 38-28 to in that game. And a lot of Clemson fans, including myself, who I've been very close to the program since I was there in 89-93, to and I've seen it happen. Clemson goes on these rides where things are going well, Something happens, and then all of a sudden, it's a four, five-game losing streak. Or it's, you know, you lose four out of your last six. And that's what I'm nervous about with Clemson right now because you're seeing much more turnovers. You're seeing just situations where they're taking bad shots. And maybe there's, you know, a a chink in the armor, so to speak. And I'm nervous that Clemson, are they going to be able to hang on that top spot in the ACC because they've got some tough games ahead of them, including this Saturday on the road against North Carolina and Chapel Hill, which right now you're thinking, well, Chapel Hill, they might not even make the tournament uh, at the pace they're going, you know, right now, obviously getting blown out by Wake Forest. But Clemson has only won one time in school history in Chapel Hill. One time out of over 60. <laughs> That's not a good, uh, yeah, equation there. And so uh, unfortunately, just for the ACC, I think we're going to see limited teams in the NCAA tournament this year for that conference. Well, something I wanted to ask you about was, were you surprised that Purdue stayed at one despite losing to Indiana? And I have to say, after watching that game, I really like Indiana. Like, I get why you were talking about them and in, in a couple yeah, weeks ago. Trace Jackson podcast. Davis. Jackson Davis. I was it, watching the later part of that game. 
them trying to go to Edie, Zach Edie. What's 12 seconds left? They needed a three. Yes. But they took so much time to get it into Zach Edie that I was like, oh, you're, you know. And and I just, I was, obviously, it's it's hard not to be impressed with Purdue. They're number one team in the country. But my takeaway after watching that was Indiana. And watch out for Indiana. Indiana. They're rising in the rankings. They're up three spots. Trace Jackson Davis is, he's the real deal. And he comes from a great bloodline, as I'd mentioned on a previous podcast. Uh, Teammate of mine, Dale Davis, uh, who played for a long time in the NBA, I think 16 years in the NBA uh, for mostly uh, the Indiana Pacers there. But Trace Jackson Davis, he is his footwork is so smooth and so quick. I mean, he can turn, he can have his back to the basket, but he can spin and turn so fast that you can't get a double team around him. Uh, he'll blow right by anybody that's even trying to guard him, and he just makes it very difficult. And Indiana's obviously playing really well, but I think part of it too right now. Steffi, I think the voters are like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't keep putting somebody different at number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who cares if they lose one game? We still think they're the better team. We're tired of all this shuffling up and down. And, you know, let's just have some a little bit of consistency. And I'm okay with it because I still do think that Indiana, I mean, uh, Purdue is the best team in the country right now because of Zach Eady. But that doesn't mean they can't get beat, obviously, we saw that, and at least they're scoring points. I'm just embarrassed, Tennessee and Auburn, when uh, neither team can uh. get can <laughs> score over 50 points. Steffi, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? As I was texting you <laughs> the score, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Was this game from like 1957? I mean, come on. Yeah, that or I thought I texted my producer and said, is this halftime? No, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the final score. I'm like, that's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, you know, Tennessee has, we have talked about Tennessee and the, the thing with them all, all along is we know that they're going to defend, but can they score? Exactly. God, and that, that, that score was, was, was brutal. Um, but, you know, I don't know that we've seen shakeups and, and every single conference, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the six teams in the top 25 for the big 12, the SEC, the fluctuation and what's Arkansas going to do and how good is Alabama and, Bruce Pearl and Kentucky on the bubble. I mean, there's there's I plenty know. of there's plenty of storylines. Is there a game this weekend? Maybe we talked about one for, on the women's side. Is there a game this weekend on the men's side that you're looking forward to? Yeah, well, of course. Other than my Clemson Tigers, we just talked about the Big Twelve, Steffi. How about Baylor and TCU? I mean, I want to see those two teams go at it. I, I don't know if I like TCU's floor. I can't. My eyeballs yeah. struggle watching games <laughs> on the TCU uh, Horn Frogs floor, but I, again, I'm really anxious to see how Baylor responds now having uh, Chamwa Chachua back in the lineup. Uh, again, I had mentioned it earlier. I think that's going to be a big situation where they can utilize him uh, as long as he's, you know, again, you don't want to overuse him too fast. But I think that's a big one, and I would have to say also, let's see what. Kansas does at Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they can su- surprise people and beat Alabama. Beat Alabama, yeah. Yes, and obviously very handily. And you know, so that that's another one that's intriguing. And then I guess if you want to look at the ACC, it's a Duke team traveling to UVA, and what Tony Bennett continues to do, just kind of flying under the radar, you know, from that side of things. 
And this is getting to a critical point for Duke. They've got to turn some things around right now after obviously getting blown out by my, my blown out by Miami earlier in the week. Can they go on the road and beat a really good Virginia team? Because they're going to have to have start having some wins here to really cement themselves a place in the NCAA tournament. And you know, for me, I think just staying within the SEC, Rich Alabama Auburn. Oh, of course. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated, fascinated by that matchup. Bruce Pearl always gets his guys ready. It's, it's at home. We know Auburn plays good at home. Yes. So I think that's a, it's a really good challenge for Alabama. And shit, I know that they would love to steal this one. They would oh, love gosh, to steal yes. this Are one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you know, and even Missouri, Tennessee, and what Dennis Gates has done in his first year, with the Tigers, maybe can catch Tennessee. You know, those are kind of two intriguing matchups. You touched on some of the other ones. But I think it's, we're going to have a great weekend of college basketball. And, you know, I'm going to be posted up at some point during the wedding. Maybe oh, I know you will. You yes. Know, try to find a <laughs> TV gonna have your... <laughs> at a bar, you know. <laughs> You're going to have your phone sitting there <laughs> as they're saying their <laughs> vows, right? <laughs> Sorry, Santa. Santa's my yes. cousin. I'm going to be paying attention. Let's do a short service. <laughs> exactly. Well, there is going to be a lot of college basketball this weekend, and we'll, st- we'll still see some shakeups and what that's going to mean both on the men's and women's side. But as always, we thank you for listening, and don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. This is Automatic. Automatic.